All right, if you take God's precious word, please. Turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 8. Proverbs, chapter 8. The title of the message tonight is A Passion for Wisdom. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 17 tonight. Passion for Wisdom. Proverbs 8, 17. Give everyone time to turn there. I don't know if we'll have the scriptures on the screens tonight, but I, I still like everybody. Don't get in the habit of just saying, well, I'll just watch the scripture on the screen. At least for the, the text that we're expounding, try to always turn your Bibles. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good to have that connectivity with the Bible in your hand. There's been times uh, in my Bible study over the years when I... I study with the Bible that you, you actually begin to learn where the scriptures are on, on the page. And you get familiar with turning there. And it's really good to have that. Uh, Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love them that love me. Now, wisdom has been telling us about itself. I dwell with prudence. I this, I that. And so we're looking at the attributes of wisdom tonight. And wisdom, speaking of itself, says, I love them that love me. Now, I want you to understand that wisdom is not saying that God loves people because they love Him. So when wisdom says, I love them that love me, He's not saying, well, everyone that loves me, I love them back. That's not what wisdom is saying. So it's not that God loves people because they love Him, but, but those who love God are loved by God. I love them that love me. Okay? We love Him because we are loved of Him. Those who love God do so because the love of God reached out to them. Show them their need of Him and cause them to seek His truth and His salvation. And having come to the truth of the glorious gospel of Christ and the wisdom of that gospel, they love the God they've come to know. So this is a description of people who love God. Namely, they are the beloved of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Oh, he's got it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. So when wisdom is saying here, I love them that love me, he's, God is not saying, if you'll love me, I'll love you back. He's saying, if you love me, you can rest assured it's because I love you. Remember, it is wisdom that's speaking here. It, wisdom loves. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Wisdom loves. When we think about wisdom, we think of a concept. You know, we think of, of knowledge out there somewhere, some kind of cloudy thing called wisdom and you may be thinking well if wisdom's not a person then how can wisdom love someone 
But that's the point. Wisdom is a person. Because you can't separate wisdom from God. You just can't do it. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, do what? Let him ask of God. You cannot separate wisdom from God any more than you can milk from a cow. You just can't do it. Wisdom is the attribute of God. And when asked, it is the gift of God to man. And since everything for us is vanity apart from the gospel, do you know what I mean when I say that? That everything is vanity apart from the gospel? It means, let's say that you were to, I saw a, a television commercial a while back, and I can't remember what, this, what product it was, but this man wanted to know the wisdom of how to select the right tire, I think it was, how to select the right tire for his vehicle, the right brand. And he climbed some big mountain. And up on top of this mountain, there's this man that just all he does is sit up there and meditate. And when he finally reached, that's the question he asked him. And I don't care if you find the, the greatest gurus out there, the people who meditate in orange robes or, or whatever, or the people who have gone and have all these degrees hanging on their walls. Apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, any so-called wisdom, any so-called advice that you could receive is absolute vanity. Absolute emptiness apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, since everything for us is vanity apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus is the means by which wisdom is fully attained. What good would it be for a man to be wise in business practice, only to die and leave all of his wealth behind? What would it profit a man to have the wisdom of medical knowledge, practical advice for daily living, or some other sort of wisdom, if after that wisdom was received and applied, those who subscribed to it still died and went to hell? You see? Apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, all wisdom is vanity. That's why you cannot separate wisdom from the Lord Jesus Christ. It cannot be. The first step to be wise, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, as we read earlier uh, in, in, the, in this study, is to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. Well, the next step is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When the children of Israel were at Mount Sinai and the law came down from Mount Sinai, those Ten Commandments, and those guys backed up. That's the first step to wisdom. You better fear God. The next step is, once you realize you're a sinner, you better find you a mediator between you and God. And that was Moses. So what did you see there at Mount Sinai? The fear of the Lord. It was the beginning of wisdom, and that wisdom brought them to Moses to mediate for them. And so when we're looking here tonight, and it says, I love them that love me, it's almost prophetic. 
It's a, 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 a foreshadowing of the gospel of Jesus Christ because if you put skin and flesh and bone on wisdom, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was God's love personified. He was God's wisdom personified. Write down your notes or in your margin, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. The Apostle Paul said, but we preach Christ crucified. By the way, that's what I preach. I love preaching Christ crucified. He says, unto the Jews a stumbling block. So the message of Jesus Christ crucified on the cross for sinners is a stumbling block to the Jews. He says, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, listen, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wisdom is what brings us to the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God comes through Jesus. Again, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, is what Jesus said. So wisdom gives us the knowledge of God in Christ and the power of to overcome that grave and make that wisdom work or efficacious would be the word we'd say. To make it efficacious, that's in Jesus Christ too. He's the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's not enough just having the know-how. It's having the power to get it done. And Jesus gives us both. The knowledge of God and the power of God to overcome our enemies of sin and death. Those who have true wisdom have Jesus. Those who do not have Jesus do not have true wisdom. I don't care how wise they think they are. They're not wise without the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who love Jesus are loved of Jesus. Because wisdom says, I love them who love me. Now let's look back in the text. I love them that love me. Look now, and those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me early shall find me. Now in this one statement, there are three things that we can learn. This one statement, three things. First, there is a promise that wisdom can be found. Because those who seek it early shall find it. So that's the first thing we learn. There is a promise that wisdom can be found. Second, there is the potential that wisdom will never be found. For no promise here in this text is given to those that seek it late, only early. Third, there is a requirement for those who would be wise. Namely, wisdom must be sought. You see that? So we're going to look at these three things that we learn here in this one statement. First, there is a promise that wisdom will be found by those who seek it early. Now, what does it mean to seek wisdom? Well, first of all, it means that God's wisdom is something that we're not born with. 
I mean, if you were born with wisdom, you wouldn't be having to look around for it. You know? If every person must seek and find wisdom, then no person possesses wisdom of their own. Every person is born separated from God. Thus, they are born separated from wisdom. So to seek wisdom means you have to look for it someplace other than yourself. See that? If I've got it, other than a pair of glasses on your head, we sometimes seek for those <laughs> outside ourselves when they're right there. But wisdom's not that way. It, when you seek wisdom, you're having to look for wisdom someplace other than yourself. Because if you had wisdom, you wouldn't be looking for it. And the only place to find wisdom is in God's Word. And remember, Jesus was God's Word personified as well. God's power personified. God's grace personified. God's law personified. God's wisdom and power personified in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our all in all. So the only place to find wisdom is in God's Word. If a person seeks that wisdom early, God promises that they will find it. So, Brother Richard, I'd, I'm not a morning person. I have trouble getting up early in the morning. That's not what the Scripture is talking about here. If, if, if a person seeks that wisdom early, God promises they'll find it. If a, if a person truly wants to know the truth, then you can rest assured they will find it. That's a promise from God. I remember when I was uh, trying to figure out how to be saved, even though I didn't have the assurance I was going to heaven because I hadn't figured things out yet, I believed in the character of the God I was seeking. And I knew that that God would not allow me to seek Him in sincerity and send me to hell. Do you know what Charles Spurgeon said that really helped me out when I was in that condition? He said, Go to the Lord Jesus Christ as you're seeking Him. Wrap your arms around His legs and make Him pry your hands off of Him in order to cast you in hell. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to pry my arms around Him and I'm going to pester Him until I get this figured out. And I just know that while I'm begging for mercy and I'm asking for that wisdom that would give me the knowledge of salvation that He's not going to pry my hands off of Him and me there crying and begging and Him to get away from me. No, not the one that said suffer the children to come with me. He's not going to do that. There's no way. So there's this assurance if you're listening tonight and maybe you're tuning in, maybe you've come to my website or something and this is the first time you've started listening to us and you're going through that trouble right now. There is the assurance here in God's Word tonight. Those that seek me early shall 
find it. Wow, what a... Hey, if you haven't come to rest your head on the cross yet, you can rest your head on the promise given right there. You rest your head on that promise, and before long, you'll have it on that comfortable pillow of Christ crucified for you that we preach. To seek the truth early, Brother Richard, what does that mean to seek the truth early? It means that you make God's truth, God's wisdom, a priority in your life. Black Friday. We've all seen images of Black Friday, haven't we? You ever seen an image of Black Friday? Are you in those lines out there? Okay, that's not one of you. When the stores are selling a limited number of flat screen televisions on Black Friday, at a bargain rate, and there's only so many, people don't get to the store late. They get there when? They get there early. When Donald Trump was going around doing his Make America Great Again tours, and there's only so many seats inside that stadium. And if you don't get in that stadium, you've got to be outside where the big screens are and you can't watch them in person. People weren't showing up late to get a good seat in that stadium. They were showing up very early. Why? Because they didn't want to miss out on something that they thought was important enough to prioritize in their lives. They set everything else aside and they say, I'm going to, what, I've seen people for, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I think it was the Price is Right show back in the day before you could just order tickets online and possess them. They would get tents and camp out a day or two ahead of time in line to be able to have a chance of maybe winning a washer-dryer or something on the Price is Right show. What were they doing? They were prioritizing things in their lives. We're going to set these days aside or this time aside so we can ensure that we get A, B, C, or D. And people who make truth a priority in their lives will surely find it. I knew one thing. After seeing some people die as a highway patrolman, especially that young girl my age. By the way, I don't know if I ever told y'all, but those y'all who wrote, read my book about me having that, that young lady, I was watching them take blood out of her heart and everything. She was my age, and it made give me that sense of my mortality. I actually had, years later, had the opportunity to actually find her mother and let her mother know that her daughter's death helped me seek eternal life and find it in Jesus. I want to let her know that it had meaning and impact. She just didn't lose a daughter. And so people who make truth a priority in their lives will surely find it. I made truth a priority for my life. I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to just wonder what the truth is and hope that the religion that my parents taught me is right. I want to know the truth. On the other hand, there will be many people who will prioritize foolishness 
the foolishness of this world. And they'll not care about the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not think about it. They will not care about it until it is to what? Late. Which brings us to our next point. Wisdom will never be found if it's sought too late. If you seek it early, God promises you'll find it. If you seek it too late, it'll never be found. People who don't prioritize the Word of God don't care for the Word of God. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. We're going to make things plain tonight. We make time for what's important to us. That's all there is to it. And if someone doesn't think it's important to know their Maker, then they won't seek their Maker. Leah St. John, don't know if she's watching tonight. Miss Leah, don't know if you're watching tonight. You and uh, Brother Mark, Miss Marley. Leah St. John, a few years ago, wanted to know truth. She wanted to know she was going to heaven. And this troubled woman called me on Christmas Eve. People are usually busy on Christmas Eve, you know. They usually have family over. They're usually celebrating the festivities of the season. But she called me on Christmas Eve to make sure she knew the Lord. Christmas Eve, folks, when, when someone calls to, 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 to talk about finding the truth so they can know where they're going to be when they die on Christmas Eve, that's a pretty good indication that they're prioritizing things in life. <laughs> It's a pretty good indication that they understand that knowing the Lord is far more important than anything else. When I see people getting my book on Amazon, the Knowing I'm Saved book, or when they write in for help, I'm seeing people who are seeking wisdom. They are prioritizing the act of finding truth that they might be saved. If there's one thing I've learned... about truth in people it's this you can't make a person seek the truth who doesn't want to find it you can't make a person seek the truth who doesn't want to find it and you can't stop a person from seeking truth who's determined to find it can't, can't stop, stop it you couldn't have stopped Leah St. John. Freight train couldn't have stopped her. Couldn't have stopped me either. Which brings us to our last point. There is a requirement for those who would be wise. There is a requirement for those who would be wise. Here's a kingdom truth. Wisdom can't be found unless wisdom is sought. Wisdom can't be found unless wisdom is sought. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 and 14. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. The Lord told Israel, Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Look at that. You will seek and find you will search, I will be found. 
So when it comes to wisdom, God has established a biblical principle of seeking and finding. We must seek wisdom to be saved by the grace of God. We must, after we are saved, we must seek wisdom to grow by the grace of God. We should always be seeking wisdom. Simply put, if you are not seeking, since seeking and finding is that biblical principle, those that seek me find me, you will seek, I will be found of you. Since, since that biblical principle exists, if you are not seeking, then you are not finding the wisdom of God. A person who's not seeking the wisdom of God, therefore, is not growing in the grace and knowledge of God. I want to repeat that again. A person who is not seeking the wisdom of God is not growing in the grace and knowledge of God. Every born-again child of God should continue to seek wisdom early. That means you should always prioritize your need to continue to grow in the wisdom of God. By the way, that's what we're doing tonight, right? Someone here thought, you know what? Instead of staying home and watching reruns of Gunsmoke, or instead of staying home and doing this or that or the other, I'm going to set aside tonight, I'm going to prioritize tonight, and I'm going to go because we're learning out of the book of Proverbs tonight, the book that teaches us wisdom. I'm going to go learn God's Word. Praise God for those y'all, whether you're here or, or in church, uh, church proper, that are doing that. Every born-again child of God should seek God's wisdom early. Every Christian should prioritize their pursuit of learning God's Word and growing in His grace. We have people who attend church here who may have never heard or, or never hear or rarely ever hear the, uh, the first uh, message of this uh, uh, study through Proverbs or the second, or the third. They, they may never even started on it. That's sad when I think about it, that we've been in Proverbs for such a long time now, going verse by verse, word by word, to the book of Proverbs, the one that gives you wisdom, which is the most important thing to have. And some people don't even bother watching or coming. I mean, I'm expounding the entire book of Proverbs that gives wisdom, and, and they don't bother to tune in or listen. We have people who, who attend church here who may not bother to come to Sunday school. And we've got a man standing up here in the pulpit on Sunday morning uh, before worship service explaining every verse through Second Kings, right? Second Kings, I'll listen to you today again, by the way. I have to listen to you in fragments. Um, oh, during my exercise time, I'll just do in fragments, usually three, three exercise programs, and, and I get it all in like I need to. Verse by verse through Second Kings, and people deem that teaching unworthy of their time. I, I've never understood that. Church, don't bother asking God for wisdom if you're not going to bother getting it. If you're not going to bother seeking it. Don't bother asking for it. 
It's because God doesn't hand wisdom out like that. You don't say, God, give me wisdom, and God go... Doesn't work that way. And you just... The wisdom just comes in your mind. No, no, no. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. You know, Jesus said He's the bread of life. So, wisdom is the bread of life. He's always referring to himself agriculturally, except you eat this bread or you drink this blood or whatever. Now, listen to the, 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 the type back in Leviticus 23, verse 22. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clear, clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So here's what happens. They're out gleaning. And I got a little, just a tiny taste of that. Whenever I had my small wheat crop in my backyard this year. I I went, I whacked all that wheat down. And you know what? When I got through and it looked like I got all of it there were still some standing up that I missed. And immediately that scripture came to my mind in the Old Testament. That's what God meant. You go out, you think you're done. You don't go back and say, oh, there's a few more over there. I'm going to go gather those. Or there's a few heads that dropped over here. I didn't get in my little bundle, you know, my little sheaf. No. God says, just leave them alone. Don't make clean riddance of it. You gather what you gather. And when naturally... By human error, whatever, you realize there's, there's extra standing out there that you missed. Leave them alone. Let the poor, let the stranger in your land, let them come and enjoy that for their food. Now here's what God didn't say to the farmer. He didn't say, Thou shalt not make clean riddance of thy field, but gather in thine into the barn, and then what thou made clean minutes of, then go gather for the poor and the stranger, and take to their home, and hand out to them. Better than that, do what America does. You go gather it. No, no, no. You take Brother Shepherd's money. You then pay someone to go gather it. Then you pay someone to process it into wheat. Then you pay Miss Elizabeth to bake it. And then you take more Brother Shepherd's money, and then you pay someone else to hand it to them and feed it to them and they just show up for the free meal no 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 that that way in the Old Testament in the Old Testament if you were poor this was the welfare program the welfare program was you get out of bed you turn off the television show you put up your Obama phone you go out here to the field where it's hot You get you a sickle, or you pull it up with your hands, however you can get it. You make the decision. Government's not going to think for you. And you go out there and you gather your wheat or your barley or whatever's left over in that field yourself. Then you thresh it. Then you winnow it. Then you grind it. Then you make your own bread. That was God's welfare program. If you were lazy, you know what happened? You would starve to death. Period. 
God left them the, the wonderful ability to fail. And the, the ability to fail drives a person to where they can succeed. There's a story on that. We're out of time, though. No, I'll tell it to you real quickly. When I was in school, we had the ability to fail. I actually watched my classmates fail. And I would move to the next grade, and I'd watch them stay behind with the younger kids. And I tell you what, I saw that one time in my life, and from there on out, old Richard got the idea. He learned the lesson. Richard doesn't want to be behind with the younger kids. I better study so I can pass my test. And so, we're looking here at gathering. How do they get that wheat? They didn't have the farmer going out there saying, well, now, if you look out there in that corner, oh, no, no. They had to go find the wheat. They had to go look for the, 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 the little stalks of it or of wheat or barley or whatever it was or, or the grapes or whatever it was. They had to go look for it and find it and get it. Now, God provided it in the law that it would be there for them. When he told those farmers, don't make clean riddance for them. Leave it for the poor. God provided it. But they had to go seek and find it. God provides us wisdom. He provides us a knowledge of His Word. But we have to seek and find it. There is an obligation on our part. Even the poor people in the Old Testament had to glean the fields to eat the grain. And those poor people were a lot like us when it comes to wisdom. They didn't have have the grain themselves. They had to go find it somewhere else. Like we do wisdom. And under God's law, it it would have been uh, done those people no good to have asked God for food if they were unwilling to get out of bed and go into the field to get it. When we meet for church, as we're meeting tonight, and as God willing, we'll meet again Sunday morning, we're meeting for the purpose. When, when, When Brother Shepherd and I get up here, We're meeting for the purpose of shelling grain for God's people to eat. You ever heard of uh, talking about preaching to say you're shelling out the corn? Well, that's really what we're doing. We're meeting for the purpose of getting out here and supplying that grain. The church house is a field for the hungry reapers. To fill their sacks with the wisdom of God. There's plenty of wisdom for everybody. But if you don't bother to bring your sack to the field. It will never fill up. Prioritize. The wisdom of God. And you will find it. Neglect the wisdom of God. And you will lose the potential. Of so much wisdom. And the benefit of it that you would have had in this life and the rewards in the life to come. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, God, that you supply the grain. And God, and you've given us the promise that even though we may not know where it is, if we'll go out to the field looking, you'll direct us. To the grain that still stands. But Lord we have to look. 
we have to seek. We have to seek it early. We have to prioritize your word, your truth, and not set other things before you. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be diligent in our seeking and to not let the foolish things of this world grab and steal our time from us every day. We ask it in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. And thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us a Bible that is an open field with amber waves of grain. Make our hearts hungry to feed on it. In Christ's precious name.